part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And hello, everyone. It is September 9th, 2016. You are indeed Locked On Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Philip Rossman-Reich. I'm the site expert and editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. A very happy Friday to everyone. I know I'm still buzzing from touchdown Trevor Simeon's big victory over the Denver Broncos. If you don't know, Trevor Simeon uh, is a Windermere resident, Olympia High grad, and a Northwestern alum, which is where I went to school. Uh, so very, very proud and happy for the fellow Windermere resident, Orlando resident, Northwestern alum, all that good stuff. Fun game. Uh, good to have the NFL back. And if you're looking to learn a little bit more about Trevor's victory, I would suggest going to one of our fantastic Locked On NFL podcasts. you got the Locked On NFL podcast, which of course covers the league in full. You also have Locked On Broncos, which will cover, of course, last night's game uh, in its entirety, I'm sure, in the coming days. Uh, Adam Kinney brings you all the information there from Locked On Broncos uh, as uh, as their season got started yesterday. You can also check out the three uh, Florida teams, Locked On Dolphins, Locked On Jaguars, and Locked On Buccaneers. Locked On Dolphins and Locked On Jaguars actually started this week, and they provided some great content, so be sure to check that out as well. On today's show, though, we are going to talk about the big event in the NBA today, and that is the Hall of Fame induction. Later this evening, at about, I think it's what, 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock, somewhere in that that range on NBA TV is the uh, Basketball Hall of Fame induction ceremony. You will hear speeches from all the inductees. It is a loaded class, and it's of, of special importance for the Orlando Magic because we get our very first Hall of Famer in Shaquille O'Neal. He's obviously got an interesting uh, uh, history and relationship with the Magic, but he is our Hall of Famer, and I'll explain to you why Magic fans should be happy about that. Uh, So this podcast is going to be all about Shaq, and I know some people don't want to dredge up the past, but this is the time to do it. Hall of Fame's here, and, and we want to talk a little bit about Shaquille O'Neal. But before we get there, there is some breaking news. Da, 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 da. You know, all that good all the good sound effect and drop that, that I don't have the money to pay for. Uh, some breaking news uh, for the Orlando Magic this Thursday, this weekend. They have completed their training camp roster, announcing that they've signed six players to training camp invites. Uh, they'll be with the team until further notice, essentially. Um, the six players, some of them we knew, Dama Rudesh, long rumored to be a part of the Orlando Magic, uh, a part of the Orlando Magic's plans, uh, is finally a member of the team. Uh, like I said, I think when when they it was first rumored that the Magic would sign him, he's a three point shooter at the uh, from the small forward position, a, a big small forward at six foot ten. He played for the Indiana Pacers two years ago, played with the Timberwolves last year. Not going to do much other than shoot threes. Uh, that's just just not a very particularly skilled player, specifically on the defensive end. But he does have a familiarity with Vogel. I think he's probably the best of the players that the Magic are bringing in. The rest really do seem like they're destined to go play for the Erie Bayhawks. Among the players that are going to be brought in, you have Cliff Alexander, the talented player from Kansas. He was the McDonald's All-American, class of 2014, entering college. He uh, went to the NBA last year, played a little bit there, played a little bit um, in the in the D League as well, but uh, interesting player, still a talented guy, hasn't found his fit in the league yet. Uh, power forward, tr- very traditional power forward. Uh, so we'll see if if what he looks like when he gets to camp. 
You also got two players from the Magic Summer League team, Kevin Murphy, one of the most impressive guys on the Orlando Magic White team, uh, put up some big games, was was relatively solid uh, defensively. Played in Japan last year, so he's you know probably not up to par yet, but the Magic are clearly wanted to keep him in their system. They're paying him to come into the camp. I think he'll be in Erie this year and, and play a big role uh, for the Erie Bayhawks and, and, and be someone the Magic keep a close eye on and bring back for Summer League next year. His hard work earned him this spot, earned him an opportunity. Uh, and again, you never know. Melvin Edgem came out of nowhere and looked really, really good. Earned, earned his way to Erie, got us talking toward the end of camp about him possibly making the team. Kevin Murphy's that kind of guy. He works hard and, and, and plays good basketball. So too does Orinze Onuwaku, uh, the big big guy. He played fantastic for the Orlando Magic white team. Uh, just He was just bigger than everybody and knows how to use his weight and, and push move himself around the paint. Uh, I think he's in here as an extra body. He'll probably also go to the D-League. I, I don't see him as an NBA player, unfortunately, but a uh, guy who earned his, earned his keep uh, with, with some fantastic play during Summer League as well. The other guys on the t- the other guys that got inv- invites were Nick Johnson from Arizona, probably the most well known guy. He uh, played point guard for the Orlando Magic Blue team. Uh, was he's not a natural point guard. He's really a shooting guard, but they're going to keep trying him at point guard. I think they'll continue that experiment down in the D League. He's experienced success in the D League. He's been knocking on the door on the NBA. I don't think the Magic are the right team for him. The Magic are pretty loaded at that position. They've got. Obviously, C.J. Watson and D.J. Augustin as backup point guards. They've got C.J. Wilcox and Jody Meeks to play the two, plus Mario Azonia. It's not going to be a lot of opportunity for him. He's a good body to have in camp, especially if Meeks can't go early on. Good guy to keep in the D-League, maybe bring up if, if you have injury issues. But a long road ahead for Nick Johnson still. Um, interesting talent, very, very athletic guy. Uh, can, if he can continue to develop his point guard skills, there's a real opportunity for him uh, moving forward, uh, Brandon Dawson is another guy that the Magic are going to bring in. Uh, play really good player at Michigan State. Kind of a weird three, you know, three four type guy. Uh, played eight games with the Erie BayHawks last year. Averaged nineteen point nine points per game, eight point three rebounds per game. Really a cup of coffee in the NBA with the uh, Portland Trailblazers, I believe. Uh, was eventually sent to the Clippers, if I'm not mistaken. Um, played with the Clippers at least during summer league. Magic brought him in. He's a hard worker. You know, Tom Izzo guys, they're all hard workers. Um, should be able to play some defense. But again, I think a long shot for him. I think he's also destined for the D League. Those are the guys the Magic are bringing into camp. They now have a full roster, 19 players. They'll have to cut at least four of them. Like I said, many of these guys are going to the, probably going to end up on the Erie Bayhawks. I think the Magic will end up carrying 14 players. If I were taking bets, if I were uh, saying who I think has the best shot at making the roster, I would say Damo Rudesh, get another shooter in there, a guy who's familiar with Vogel, I think that would be very, very valuable. I, I don't think Rudesh is going to go to the D-League, I think he'd go to Europe before he goes to the D-League, so uh, that's kind of where, I, that's that, that would be my just kind of gut reaction to the signings. Uh, interesting group of players for sure, it's some guys that that certainly, um, if they work hard, can can find a place. This this team, this Magic team, though, feels pretty set. Um, I, I think these guys are extra bodies, guys that they want to bring in for for Erie. Keep a close eye on just in case. Uh, maybe keep a keep an eye on for next season. You know, who knows what's going to happen next season? But um, not quite where the Magic want to be um, yet. But we'll we'll see exactly where they go from here. All right. On to our main topic, and that is Shaquille O'Neal. 
whether we like to think of it or not, Shaquille O'Neal is a big part of Orlando Magic history. I mean, they, they made a freaking documentary about it um, not, you know, what, four, four or five months ago. Uh, we all experienced this magic moment. Some people were experiencing it, experiencing that ride for the first time. Others of us were reliving it, remembering it, both the highs and the lows. And with Shaquille O'Neal and the Orlando Magic, there were lots of highs and lots of lows. But as we enter this kind of final stage of Shaquille O'Neal in the basketball spotlight uh, in many ways, I mean, when you look at a player's career, the day they get drafted, you know, the way their career plays out, the day they retire, and then finally the day that, that they get nominated to the Hall of Fame. For the great players, this is kind of the last time we as a basketball community get to sit back and reflect on the great players um, in our in our history, in our collective memories. And after Friday night, you know, the stories of Shaquille O'Neal will be told maybe a little bit differently or... or you know, it will always be Hall of Famer Shaquille O'Neal. And as I reflect on what O'Neal means to me, and, and I've done, I, I did a, a hardwood paroxysm roundtable. I believe that will be out Friday on the Hall of Famers, just asking what is your favorite memory of Shaquille O'Neal. And, you know, I, I spoke about this a little bit yesterday when I was on with Adam Papa Giorgio of Magic Basketball Online. It, it's... Shaquille O'Neal's legacy with Orlando is very complicated and it was very emotional. But ultimately, it was good. When I think of going, when I think of Shaquille O'Neal, I think of my childhood. I real, I mean, I'm I'm 28. I grew up. The Magic were in the fi, in the '95 Finals while I was in first grade. So Shaquille O'Neal was a, a really important part of of my childhood. And I remember going to games as a kid, and just knowing I was going to have a good time. It didn't matter who the Magic were playing. I, I was I was smitten. I was in love with this team. Obviously, I am. I, I still cover and write about them. And everything about going to the games back then was just an absolute blast. You had O'Neal destroying backboards. He had... You know, Penny running up and down the floor. You had the the Paul Porter doing all the crazy things that the game operation staff did. It was it was just a, a fun time, and Orlando really grew up and uh, became its own town and got its own identity because of this this team that landed here all of a sudden. And none of that would have been possible without Shaquille O'Neal. Shaquille O'Neal is still holds so much. Like I call I like calling it like psychic energy with the Orlando Magic. Everything they do seems to have some callback to Shaquille O'Neal or, or or some impact that he made on the organization. Whether it be the way they handle some players, honestly. I think a lot of the mistakes that the Magic made in the Dwight Howard saga were them trying to avoid the mistakes they made with Shaquille O'Neal. Shaq still has a way to get under our skin as fans and as 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 magic people. It still it still kind of makes me laugh that there are certain reporters and certainly certain fans who still are a little angry that the magic put him in the Hall of Fame. 
of course the Magic put them put him in their team Hall of Fame. He's one of the best. He's one of the four best players of all time, and probably the most important player in Magic history. The Orlando Magic, as we know it, does not exist without Shaquille O'Neal and his impact. The NBA, as we know it, does not exist without what Shaquille O'Neal did in Orlando. And you can't tell the story of Magic history without Shaquille O'Neal. And I don't think you can tell the story of Shaquille O'Neal without the Orlando Magic. The Shaq the Magic saw was so unique and different than the Shaq the Los Angeles Lakers saw. Shaq always had the power. He always had that brute force that post-play demanded in the mid-90s. And he showed that off throughout his career. But what the Orlando Magic Shaquille O'Neal had that that I don't think the Los Angeles Lakers Shaquille O'Neal had was this grace and buoyancy. When Shaq was running down the floor, you could just see kind of the light in his eyes and the smile on his face. It was... So naive. I mean, I, I said this when this magic moment was coming out. When this ma- when I saw this magic moment for the first time. This magic moment was really a story about the folly of youth. And about how you don't know how good you have it. And you don't know when it's going to end. But you're going to enjoy every moment of it while you have it. And Shaq was that personified. He was an entertainer. He, he made Orlando feel big because he was big. And not just on the court, but off the court as well. And Shaq in Orlando was just this graceful, athletic player. And you don't think of that from a guy who's 7'1", 3'10", whatever he was. He certainly ended up bigger than that. Um, and, and not that he was... That, that, that That's bad. He was one of the most dominant players of all time with the Lakers. He won those titles with the Lakers and history if if the NBA if the Basketball Hall of Fame inducted players with jerseys, he'd be wearing a Lakers jersey. But the Shaquille O'Neal in Orlando was truly truly great. For all those reasons. Statistically, he was great. I've gotten into some arguments with people with our history series about Shaq versus Dwight and that argument is going to continue forever. And Shaq probably will win win the day in the long run because Shaq is a Hall of Famer. And what I would say to Magic fans, yes, the, the exit was bitter and messy. And there's plenty of blame to go around. But that was 20 years ago. And while it certainly feels like championships that should have been in Orlando went to Los Angeles instead. And you can certainly make that argument. I would argue if Michael Jordan hadn't come back, the Magic win the title in 96 against the Sonics. Probably win the title against the Jazz in, 90, in 97 and 98. Championships shifted because Shaquille O'Neal left. But those four years Shaquille O'Neal spent in Orlando are obviously still four years we talk about. Four years that I tell my cousins who weren't alive to watch Shaq. And I say, the feeling you had going to the Orlando Arena in those days to watch the the best player in the league at the time, one of the best players, certainly one of the best players in the league, was unlike anything else. 
and you can show them tape of Shaq, and there are their jaws will drop. We're always going to tell these stories about Shaq as a franchise, as as fans of this team. Younger fan, I mean, it, it's it's this this whole history series has gotten me very reflective. There is a second generation of Magic fans now. I mean, I'm the franchise is 28. There's going to be parent. There's going to be parents who grew up in Orlando. There's going to be Orlando residents who grew up only knowing the Orlando Magic, bringing their children to games and teaching them to be Magic fans. And as they teach them to do that, they're going to tell the story of Shaquille O'Neal and what those games were like. And they're going to hop on NBA TV uh, and watch some of those old Shaq games and realize what they were like. And realize that, yes, Dwight Howard might have been better for his longevity and for some of the other things he did. And yes, the 2009 and the 2010 teams might have been better than the 95 and 96 teams. But there may not have been a time that was more fun for Magic fans. Shaquille O'Neal was the Magic's first love. And his departure stings that much more because of it. And we remember what he did and what he gave us more fondly because of it too. And I think tonight when Shaquille O'Neal gets inducted into the Hall of Fame, and I hope Pat Williams is there, and I hope Alex Martins is there, and I hope Penny Hardaway's there, and I hope Horst Grant's there. Horst Grant should be there because Jerry Reinsdorf is also getting inducted, and so there's a bull's tie as well. When Shaquille O'Neal gets inducted into the Hall of Fame, I hope Magic fans celebrate it too. And I hope they look past some of the slights that Shaq made and remember the good times and remember how important they were to founding this organization and founding this team. Because the Magic might win a championship one day. They, they will win a championship one day. And it'll be fun. And But we're always going to say, this is as fun as it was when Shaq and Penny were, were running the Amway Center, or were running the Amway Arena, running the arena. Shaq will always come first. And that's why he's our first Hall of Famer. And as much as he belongs to every other team that he's played for, and as much as he belongs to the Lakers for winning the championships with them, he belongs to us too. And I hope we take ownership of it and celebrate his career with the rest of the basketball world on Friday. It's really interesting talking about Shaquille O'Neal again. It really is. Because so much has changed about the NBA since 1996. It has been 20 years since Shaquille O'Neal departed Orlando and changed everything. To to carry on that first love uh, analogy, I remember exactly what I did when it it was announced Shaquille O'Neal was leaving Orlando and he'd signed with the Los Angeles Lakers. Everything I owned that had O'Neal's face, number, you know, and I, you know, I'm a, I was a big Magic fan. I was what six, seven years old, so six or seven year old here. Everything I owned, 
that had Shaq's, Shaq's image on it was out the door. I remember it complete. I remember it vividly. I had a, a, a cutout of Shaq that was like a height meter, which, of course, every kid has to have. That thing was in the garbage so fast. I had a locker, and I put 32 O'Neal on my locker. Those stickers got ripped off so fast. Jerseys were thrown out. I think the only thing I kept of Shaquille O'Neal was a Team USA jersey number 13 because it was the USA, and I couldn't throw that out. That's how much it stung. But as you get older, I mean, and and I'm sure everyone experienced it differently, and I'm sure I have listeners who vary in ages, and I'd love to hear your stories uh, on Shaquille O'Neal with with his Hall of Fame induction, so feel free to send them my way at omagicdaily on Twitter. Uh, You can email them to me at omagicdaily at gmail.com, and you can also uh, hashtag them LockedOnMagic as well. And I'd love to hear your stories about Shaq uh, for his Hall of Fame induction on, on Friday. But as I've gotten older, I've gained a little more perspective. I've learned a little bit more about what happened because, you know, as a six or seven-year-old, you don't understand the nuances of everything and you don't get it. Um, I was one of the people that was booing Shaq till pretty much the end of his career. But, you know, as you get older, you, you come to understand how things work a little bit more. And so earlier this week, it was very interesting. I was very interested and, and felt very ready to watch the last game Shaquille O'Neal ever played in a Magic uniform for the for really the first time because, you know, again, six or seven years old, so don't blame me. I remember being at a friend's house and having it on and half paying attention. And being a kid, I probably didn't quite understand what I was seeing anyway. So this was really the first time I sat down and watched that game. And a few things really struck me, and I wanted to just comment on it as a way to wrap up Shaquille O'Neal and his time with the Magic. First off, Shaq just demanded your attention. It didn't matter who you were. You could be the 72-10 and 10 Bulls, the greatest team of all time. Shaq demanded your attention. Demanded a double team. They couldn't stick Dennis Rodman on him. Not alone. They couldn't stick Luke Longley on him. Not alone. Scottie Pippen had to dig down and try and double-team him. And what was interesting about this game was both Penny and Shaq had 28 points apiece. They had nothing else to work with. You know, you forget in that series, the Magic got swept by the Bulls. But you forget, Horace Grant was out since Game 1 with an elbow. John Koncak started Game 4 in Orlando. It's the first thing you saw when the NBC broadcast turns on 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 NBA TV. Nick Anderson is out with a wrist injury suffered in Game 3. Brian Shaw is out. Brooks Thompson. They may rest in peace. Brooks Thompson was playing the end of the game for the Magic. Had 17 points. I didn't even realize Brooks Thompson scored 17 points in a game. This was a team... The, the last game that Shaq ever played in a Magic uniform was a gutsy performance. Orlando led by 11 and led most of the game, and Chicago just kept coming at him. Michael Jordan at one point at 30 of 60 points for the Bulls, and the Magic led by like 6 or 7 points. And the Bulls just kept coming at him, and the Magic fought him off, and then eventually the Magic just couldn't fight him off any longer. It was a really gutsy performance. 
And a lot of guys didn't play their best. Shaq and Penny did. But it wasn't enough. They needed help, and the help wasn't there. And what really struck me most about watching this game again, really watching it for the first time, was it wasn't the Magic team that I remembered from the mid-90s. This was a team that looked very beaten. They were desperate. They were playing hard. But they didn't have the joy. To me, their souls were sitting on the bench in Nick Anderson and Horace Grant. And Shaq and Penny were going to do everything they could and they did everything they could. But they didn't have that spark anymore. And it was interesting to me that there was no talk of Shaq leaving. There was no speculation about his free agency as he walked off the court for the final time. It was an image that was clearly shown on the NBC broadcast, but it was cast differently. It was, this is a young team that needs to find leadership. Penny and Shaq need to find leadership, or someone's got to decide who the alpha alpha is. They they, they, they played that up a lot, and it was a story that, that kept, um, kept going. And was certainly one that that became a, a, a fame narrative of that team. But it still felt like, inevitably, Shaq and Penny were going to take over the NBA. It was a sense that this was just a bump in the road. There works. There was an excuse for why they got swept, and the Bulls were the better team. They were going to win that series anyway. But something was just off about that team. But it didn't seem unsolvable. With Shaq and Penny, you could figure it out. And there was no reason to believe Shaq was going to leave. It felt like people were leaving the Orlando Arena that, that, that game, disappointed that their team was out, but still very hopeful about the future. Of course, it didn't work out that way. And again, I think the lesson of the mid-90s magic is not... I think the lesson of the mid-90s magic is youth can blind us to the truth that all things end and success can be illusory and elusive. You know, I call that team a quote-unquote dynasty because it was destined to be one. It just never, the timing was just never right. And that last game wasn't a funeral by any any means. I mean, I remember Dwight Howard's last game. He kind of slipped away in the night. All those last games feel that way. Tracy McGrady's last game, you know, you had the sense he might get traded that summer. But he missed the last month, last like two, three weeks of the season with an, inj- with an injury as the Magic were trying to tank. And it was just like, okay... We're gonna get we're gonna get a top pick. We're gonna get one of the best players in the draft, and we're gonna be able to rebuild with around McGrady. That of course wasn't meant to be. You know, Shaq really was a special, special player, and there's there's never gonna be another one like him. And he's gonna get up to the podium, I'm sure, on Friday, and tell some great stories about his time in the league and tell, tell some great stories about how much fun it was to be on the plane with a young Dennis Scott, with a young Penny Hardaway, with a young Nick Anderson, touring the world, ruling the world, it seemed, and having the world as your oyster. 
there's a tinge of regret for sure. There's always regret. And I think the Magic felt like they left a lot on the floor in that series. And they never got the chance to to prove that they that they had had more in them against that Bulls team. And that's the part that's most disappointing to me, I think. That we didn't get to see that team at its fullest against the very, very best the league has to offer. And there's a lot of reason for there's a lot of reasons for that. I think the magic messed up in negotiations. I think Shaq, you know, I think Shaq wanted to be in a bigger market. I, I, I do think that. That he was perfectly willing to stay in Orlando. The Magic gave him a reason to leave. And I think fans are certainly to blame and the media is certainly to blame for not understanding the shifting economics of the league. And honestly, the league is to blame too uh, for giving this one, one-time one loophole where there's no restricted free agency. So if there's restricted free agency, the Magic match that Lakers deal and we're talking about a completely different history here. It, it, it's it's going to be interesting to hear what Shaq has to say during his Hall of Fame induction and what he has to say about the Magic and his time growing up in Orlando because that's really what it was. It was, it was growing up. And the thing that I saw in, in this game was success is pressure. And you need to mature very, very quickly to experience success, to experience success. Shaq certainly did. He he went to LA. He won his championships. Became one of the best players of all time and a Hall of Famer. I don't think he gets there without some of the lessons he learned in Orlando, though. All right. That's gonna do it. That's gonna do it for me. This week, uh, I want to thank everyone for listening to Locked on Magic this entire week. It's been an exciting week. Next week, we're going to begin talking about the season. No more no more history. We're going to talk about the future. I know some of you probably not so much into the Magic history and, and all that, but uh, I'm, I'm an amateur historian, so I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about history here and there. But next week, we're going to start focusing firmly, and for, firmly forward on the upcoming season. Uh, and what the Magic need to do this season to make the 2017 playoffs. We'll be starting our Player Outlook series, I believe, next at some point next week as we are getting closer and closer and closer and closer to training camp. Yes, training camp is really coming. Uh, I, I've got it on my calendar. It's happening. Um, and so we'll be heading toward there, too. I want to thank everyone for listening once again. Be sure to follow us on iTunes, Audioboom, Stitcher, as well as TuneIn Radio. Uh, pop on iTunes, give us a give us a five star review. We like those. To let us know let us know what you like about the show. Spread the word to your friends and family about Locked On Magic, and be sure to check out the other great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network. Again, I want to hear your Shaq memories, so tweet them at me uh, using the hashtag Locked On Magic, uh, or tweet them directly to me at OmagicDaily. You can also email them at OmagicDaily at gmail.com, uh, as well as. Uh, I think that's, those are the two places that you can do that. Um, so Twitter, OmagicDaily, or using the hashtag LockedOnMagic, or to email at uh, OmagicDaily gmail.com. Maybe I'll put those together for a post over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. Thanks, everyone, again for listening today. Have a great weekend. I'll see you all on Monday. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.